Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom with someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Today's guest is Alexis K. Holman. She is in K through 12, an entrepreneur starting her own consulting company, uh, working with school leaders. And I wanted to have her on to share her journey, share her gems, and give you some information that will help you take your consulting to the next level. So for those who will be listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Audible, will you please introduce yourself, Alexis? Yes, thank you for having me on your show, Dr. Will. Um, so as you said, my name is Alexis K. Holman. Um, I am an educator. This is my 12th year in education. Um, so I like to just say I've got over a decade of experience. But um, I come from a long line of uh, educators in my family. My grandmother, I've had, I was an educator. I've had about three out of six aunts that were educators as well and um, leaders, um, assistant principals. So um, that's kind of where I got the spark for education and wanting to go into the field of teaching and learning um, other mom of three, busy, busy, busy. Um, so I'm still in the classroom. Um, I, like you said, I just did this consulting, this consulting business out of my love for education uh, because I see that there are lots of changes happening and I want to be a change agent for the positive. I know that a lot of teachers are leaving so that was kind of my spark, like, no, no, don't go. <laughs> uh, what can I do to help educators ignite their love for education? And that's when it was like, whoa, okay, I'm hearing the plight. I'm feeling the pressure. I see that teachers are, they're feeling the pressure and the lack of support um, from their leaders. And that's sometimes... That can be the, one of the number one things um, that I'm hearing. Teachers want more support from their leaders and they're not getting it or the district. And that's what's driving a lot of educators out of the public school system into um, private or charter schools. And sometimes it just, they feel, you know, I just, I've had it with education and I want to leave completely because it just gets so overwhelming and they get burnt out. So um, I decided to start this consulting business and company to be able to help those school leaders know what to do and how to support their teachers. So uh, I guess you can avoid the teachers. Like, I know what they want. I know what they need. I'm here in the trenches with them. Um, let, let me help be your guide. So uh, that's a little bit about me. Um, absolutely love education. I got my 
um, undergraduate degree from Oakwood University in Huntsville, Alabama, blue and gold, I bleed it. And I got my master's degree from the University of Tampa, I bleed it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> all right, all right. So everyone who decides to do this, there is some sort of moment, uh, an experience, a trigger, something that tells them, you know, I have to do something different. I have to do something bigger. I have to step outside of uh, the classroom. As you mentioned earlier in your introduction, you are the founder of Alexis K. Uh, Holman uh, Consulting. What was the story behind you creating the company? Uh, what went on with you that made you say, on top of what I'm doing with my full time, this is something that I have to do? Well, uh, I've always been a type of person to have uh, multiple pans in the fire, if you will. Um, but I'll say I was on fire for, for teaching when I began. I could not wait to get into the classroom. Um, there, I remember just before I graduated, um, there were a lot of um, school leaders, district leaders coming into our school um, to be able, or coming to the university to be able to interview teachers. And um, a lot of the classmates I had were, they were on the fence about interviewing. They weren't sure if they were ready to go out and start working immediately. And I was like, uh, I've got to get in the classroom. I'm, I'm done with school. Um, I'm done with learning. I got to get my feet wet. I got to get in there. Whereas other, other classes were going on to get masters. Um, and they continued on that trajectory before going in. I just wanted to get to it. Um, so uh, when I interviewed, I got, uh, I got a job right away. I ended up being fortunate enough to get a contract coming back to my home state of Florida. Um, and I worked in that school for two years, uh, private school, uh, and it was privately funding my, my salary, and they could not afford to pay me. I, I, it's embarrassing, the amount of money. I mean, I qualified for, for food stamps. That's how low the pay was. Um, I had just gotten married. My husband and I were, um, I just moved down. We had a one-year-old. Um, so it was very embarrassing, the amount of money that, that I was bringing in. So that was one of the that had me looking for a way to kind of supplement uh, the money that we were bringing into our home. So that was one of the reasons. And of course, you know, as you teach, um, your salary does go up. 
but I ended up having to move from that job to another job. I had to accept another position in order to level up for my salary. And then um, I also wanted to continue growing and being in a small school, being in a school that could not only afford to pay me what, you know, like just the base salary, um, they couldn't offer professional development either. You know, we had maybe teacher work days a year and only two of those teacher work days were used for professional development. And the professional development that I experienced was subpar. Um, so that was another driving factor. Like, man, like, what in the world is going on with this, this PD? Okay, so I looked for jobs somewhere else, looking to level up, looking to um, get better experience. I was able to, to find that. But in, in the first four years of my career, I worked for three different principals. My first principal connected with her immediately. I absolutely loved her. So funny, we found out that we were actually related later on. <laughs> um, her sister was married to my husband's cousin. Uh, so we meshed so well, um, even prior to knowing that. Just, I mean, her personality was very warm, very inviting. Um, she would always come and chat. I could go sit in her office and express concerns and come up with ideas. You know, we worked together. The very next year, I worked very closely with that principal as well, but her impact on the teachers uh, was very, um, it just wasn't a good fit. Um, the teachers complained a lot. They complained about the workload. They complained about um, the level of expectations. And I mean, they were high expectations and I was meeting them, but um, it, there, there came a turning point where her care uh, crossed the line. It, it crossed the line. So just being able to, you know, know how to build relationships with people is uh, one of the biggest things that I look for in a leader. And I got that early on with the first two leaders that I had. I have a great example of what a good leader does. And I had an excellent example of what not to do as a school leader. Um, so that just kind of always stuck in the back of my mind, like, man, I don't ever want to work for somebody like this again, um, because I was constantly on and I burned out so fast and I was pregnant as well. Um, it, it was, it was, it was some of, that was like one of the hardest years in education that I had ever experienced. I was stressed the, that school couldn't even afford to give me insurance. Um, so I had no benefits. I was being paid low, um, trying to figure out what I could do. So I kept making moves, kept making moves um, to in search of better pay, in search of a leader that supported me. And um, I got that my third year. Um, 
during the, my third year of teaching, um, I, I worked for a, another small school, but the school was so small and it was being supported by a church that, um, you know, it was like everybody that came in, they wrapped their arms around them, they supported them, they gave you whatever you needed. And I absolutely loved that. But there came uh, a crossroads where they were starting to take attendance. You know, they were checking for me every weekend and seeing, oh, you're not at church today. And I was like, wait, what is going on here? Had to make another move because that was there was a lot of micromanaging there. The leader was excellent, but the supporting church was overbearing. Um, so I ended up making an exit and going into public education, uh, working in Orange County Public Schools, worked under um, a phenomenal leader. Um, she was very uh, supportive. Uh, she was excited herself about education, supporting her teachers, having thematic. I mean, like I'm, I'm, I guess I could say my heart is in kindergarten because I, I taught for four years in kindergarten and the, the amount of growth and learning that I experienced as a teacher and watched and helped facilitate with my students over the course of those four years was, I mean, it was breathtaking. I loved it. They loved me. Um, sometimes you just uh, they don't anybody in their classroom. I have parents in my classroom every day, <laughs> every day coming in, bringing, uh, you know, just supporting me. So just having that administrator who allowed me to do that. Of course, this was pre-COVID long, long before COVID, but the administrator who allowed me to course teach to the standards and making sure that my students were getting what they needed but I had almost free reign to teach in the way I wanted to teach you know taking my kids on field trips I can't remember the last time I went on a field trip you know uh, bringing their parents along for the journey um, just really establishing those relationships and that's one of my biggest things, you know, when you're spending 180 days with somebody and then some, you've got to be able to have some type of connection with them. So through all of those experiences, um, seeing the, the or working with the principal who was very um, supportive um, and very, very connected to her team, that was inspirational. Um, working with a principal and a, a, and a supporting church that was overbearing and micromanaging, that was inspirational as well because I got both sides of the token. I know what it's like to, to have the full support, to have all the professional development options. Um, and that was one of the things that I absolutely loved when I worked for Orange County Public Schools. Oh my Lord. Anything I wanted to do, I chose it. You know, my um, principal always brought good professional development into our school. And she always took us out to be able to um, experience professional development opportunities, whether it was ed tech, classroom management, um, 
supporting um, diverse learners. I was getting all, all of that. And I was in control of my professional development as well. And that is a huge deal to me. And I feel like as teachers who are, I mean, our life, you know, our, our, our bread and butter is teaching students to learn, not just teaching them, but equipping them with the tools to be able to learn themselves and feeling the love in them. We want to learn too, you know, and sometimes we want to learn on our own terms. We have aspirations. So being exposed to all of that and now uh, where I am, where I am transitioning into leadership and I am transitioning into supporting teachers or I have been supporting teachers for the last five years. We talk with different teachers and I, and I ask them, what are some things that you want to see? What are some things that you want to experience? A lot of it is I want the, I, I want the professional development that I've had every single year for the last three years in a row, I've done this. I want, I want the meetings that could have been sent in an email to stop. You know, um, I'm ready to just leave the classroom. I'm tired of this. When I have those conversations with educators, um, I think of what is it that I can do in order to support you? What can I do? I know I can talk to the administrator. Know that Let me go and let this um, principal or this assistant principal know. Hey, you know, um, I've got a pulse. You know, and I'm sure you do as well. But there's some things that you know I know our teachers might be looking for right now. How can we make that happen? You know, um, because one thing. I know some teachers will do is if they're not getting the support that you need where they are, they're looking for better. You know, we talk, teachers talk, and they know that, I, I mean, I, I think I, I, I made a post that, you know, sometimes your teachers are your best um, uh, advocates, you know, as a school leader, you know, um, when you are getting blind and dying, you want to let people know. When you are getting the best service, you want to let people know. You know, when you think about hotels that you stay in and you're getting top-notch service, you're going to let people know, oh my gosh, I just went on this trip and this is where I stayed. This was the service. Um, <laughs> you're going to tell people about your experience and you're going to sometimes try to convert them into you know, trying the same things that you've done to be able to experience that amazing experience you just had. You want to share the good things. And sometimes, you know, you want to share the not so good thing. And if our leaders are cognizant and aware of that fact, um, I think there would be some major changes in education just at the local school level. Don't get me wrong. I know there are a lot of school leaders that are out there that are, they are in the trenches with their teachers. They're doing everything that they absolutely can in order to support them, 
in order to be their rock, in order to, you know, like take some things off of their plate. But I'm speaking about those teachers that are just burnt out and their leaders aren't even aware, you know, or their leaders don't even care. They're just looking at the bottom line. This is what we've got to do. And it's, I'm just like, you know, if we want to help our children succeed, we've got to pour more into the teachers because they, they are, they're getting to the bottom of their cups and they're not already there. So we got to start pouring more into them so that their cups fill over. Their cups can spill over into their, their students. And that's how we drive it. I was watching the Pivot uh, podcast and they had Taylor Rooks on the show and she said something that I was like, wow, I'm going to take this with me. And she said, you can be anything, but you can't be everything. And thinking about that, how did you decide where to focus your entrepreneurial pursuits and what makes an opportunity attractive to you? When I think about, I think I saw a quote just over the weekend that said that, um, first of all, as educators, we can, we wear so many hats. Um, and, and that can be the fastest way to burn out. And that was one thing that I did not want to encounter in starting this consulting business, I want to be able to be very intentional so that my impact can be great. Um, I decided to, I mean, there were so many, there were so many different things that I could touch on and still can, but um, I was inspired because I attended a webinar. I attended a webinar, um, um, put on by Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas. I'm putting a little plug in there. Um, Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas inspired me to be able to make an impact outside of the classroom. And um, in, I, I took her course um, through Get Launch Consulting, um, her, her program, Get Launch Consulting. Um, and in in a part of her course, there was a module where we had to choose just one problem. And she stressed that importance to us, like we had to be laser focused because it can be exhausting trying to juggle so many different, um, so many different um, opportunities, so many different uh, objectives in your business. So just thinking about the impact that I want to make in education, if I want to be able to help retain teachers, um, I had to really start there. How can I help retain more teachers? I can get up and, you know, become a presenter at schools. I can, you know, coach leaders. I can put on professional development, but at the end of the day, that's gonna have me all over the place. I'm gonna be kind of jerking myself around. And I had to sit back and think, okay, how can I streamline what am I trying to do? And through her program, I was able to kind of niche down. 
until I got to the point where I said, okay, if I want to be able to uh, help retain highly qualified teachers, because that's what I want, you know, uh, shout out to the substitutes that are kind of helping us make it by, but we want highly qualified teachers. When I think about my three babies in the classroom, I don't want them to be in the classroom half the year with a substitute teacher whose background is not in education, you know? And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not putting down anyone who has come over to education from any other field. If this is your passion, you know, go all the way, absolutely. But, you know, parents get worried when their students are sitting before a substitute. They, sometimes they don't even get communication about what's going on. So I'm thinking from the mindset of a parent and a teacher and a school leader, you don't know sometimes if a substitute is even going to come and show up. They could cancel at the last minute. You know, so I'm thinking, what's the best way that I can get teachers to stay? How can I get teachers to stay in education? Well, their very direct, their very next direct contact would be their bosses, their assistant principals, their school leaders, you know, their principals, their, their reading coaches, their math coaches, science coaches. Anybody that is in a leadership capacity that is able to, or that is expected to support them. So when I, when I came to that realization, I said, okay, I've got to position myself to be able to talk with school leaders and talk with, you know, those academic coaches and talk with anybody that is a superior of an educator. Um, and, and I decided to focus on that message, focus on, okay, you're, you're a school leader and you've got 15 vacancies. When I look on some school websites and I see that, oh, that's a problem. I mean, it is indicative of, you know, the culture right now in education, but I'm also looking at other schools who have absolutely no vacancies. You can't even get your foot in the door. So what does that say to, what does that say to someone on the outside looking in? If you've got some schools in certain areas or some schools that have five, 10, 15 vacancies, and you have other schools where there are no vacancies, or three vacancies, that speaks to the leadership because it also speaks to the school's culture. It speaks to the climate. There's so many variables in there, but ultimately that's a reflection of the leadership. So when I decided, you know, I want to help retain highly qualified teachers, I know my target audience is the school leaders. I've got to be able to get to talk to school leaders and find out, okay, what's going on at your school? What, what, what are the, you know, what, what is your climate like? What are your teachers saying? How are they feeling? You know, 
what are your surveys saying when you send out surveys? What results are you getting? You know, how are your students feeling? Because it's going to trickle down. It's going to trickle down. So Dr. Erica uh, has been on my podcast mm -hmm. uh, and talked about her, her program and the work that she's doing. Uh, with that, you can't get on social media. You can't go to YouTube uh, without seeing people who are talking about how to create a side hustle. Mm -hmm. uh, how to create multiple streams of income. Now, some of that information is relevant to educators. Some of that information is stuff you have to take and sort of synthesize what is applicable to what we do and throw out what isn't. But, you know, we're, we're living in this age where, you know, everyone is like, hustle, 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 go get it. Mm -hmm. As an, an entrepreneur, you just told me you went through Dr. Erica's program, but how do you know which voices to trust? Because there are people out there who are like, hey, come join my program to teach you how to, how to design online courses. And my rates, you know, the, the rate is like $3,000 or... Mm -hmm come join this coaching program. I'll be your business coach. And that rate is X, Y, and Z. You have to invest in yourself as an educator, regardless if you're going to get in the game or you're going to stay in, you know, just stay in the classroom and, you know, just teach your job or, or lead a school. So investing in yourself is really something that everyone must do. But at this level, you really have to invest because you need these tools in order to create a profitable business. How did you get connected to Dr. Erica? And how do you know which voices to listen to in terms of I'm going to make the, my, the, the investment with my time and the investment with my dollars? Um. Man, that, that's, a, that's a great question. So I have, man, having the experiences that I've had with starting like little side hustles um, here and there just to, you know, be able to um, earn extra income. Um, you always kind of go with your talents first. Um, so just, I, I would start out by Googling, you know, the ideas that I had, you know, like how to start a consulting business, um, you know, um, and the first step was that I found was you have to come up with, you know, your topics, like what, what, what do you, what exactly are you going to sell to someone? You know, um, so just trying to come up with a topic. And I was like, okay, I can come up with a topic, but how, how am I going to sell that, <laughs> you know, as an entrepreneur? So I start looking on YouTube. Um, and, you know, when you start Googling things, um, it starts showing up in your ad on Facebook. And it starts showing up on Instagram um, and sometimes Twitter as well. So 
when I started scrolling, she popped up on my feed. And um, I, I think like everything that she said resonated with me. I felt like she had gone through some of the same experiences that I had. Um, so I knew that she, she understood like my plight, if you will. I knew she understood what it was like to be a high performing educator and um, not have uh, either not have the support or not have the money that you want um, to be able or the money that you want to be making and to be working as hard as we do. And that was one of her, um, I guess, like that was what drew me toward her. She talked about um, how we as educators are working so hard in the classroom, but we're getting paid so little. Um, and she talked about how um, you can only go so far financially in her experience with being, with climbing the educational ladder if you will, the leadership ladder, there's still a ceiling that you, that you reach. And that really spoke to me. I was like, man, she is right. She is absolutely right. So I started following her on social media. I got a couple of other people that I follow as well. Um, but what really got me was I started researching some of like her posts. And I also started looking at what, um, what she would put out that her clients would say, um, testimonials. Um, I started, I mean, like, you know, when, you, when you're looking for what you're trying to, like your, your, um, what you're trying to do next and you're following people, um, you start really looking into, okay, well, what is it exactly that they do? What is their success? You know, what, what is their experience so far with what they are speaking to? Um, how do I know that I'm going to have success with this person? You know, and that, that was one of the things that kind of, those are some of the questions that drove me with Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas. So when I looked at her post, um, some of the things that, her program or she boasted about her program was just being able to walk you through the steps to become an entrepreneur. Um, and I'm, I mean, in this day and age of technology, there's a whole lot of DIY. And some of the people that I used, I had to stop following them because I tried certain services and I was expecting one thing and I didn't get it. Um, and I'm a people person, you know, I like to talk to people. I like to really understand what is it that you're, you know, you're selling me. Um, are you going to sit down with me and talk about it? Like, are you going to like really coach me through this? Um, Cause I'm a hands-on learner. And I knew that I know who to trust when I know it's aligning with the way that I learn. Mm. Um, when I, um, hey, it's got to be, I mean, and, and when you're talking about the ticket prices 
for some of these um, services. Uh, if I'm shelling out three or $500 a month, or if I'm dropping five to $9,000 all at once, I'm looking for your, like she says, your receipts. I want to see, you know, what, what's your track record, you know, um, or even if you're just getting started, what have been your experiences? Because there are some people that are just starting up. And I want to say, you know, like, I mean, for, even for myself, when you are looking at um, employing a consultant, what are the experiences they've had? What results have they had so far? You know, and what are some of the testimonials that they have to be able to share with you? Because without that, I'm not dropping, you know, top dollars on services that I have no idea if you're going to be able to give me results. So when I'm looking at the voices to trust, I follow them to see, okay, well, are they consistent? You know, um, are, are, are they getting results for other people? Um, do they have clients that are, that are working with them as well? You know, what are some of the things that they have to offer? Does it align with, you know, some of the things that I'm looking for? Um, and that's, that's how I was kind of able to be able to start my journey. Um, and that's how I was able to find Dr. EJT. Um, but, you know, you, you will know, I will also say this, you will know when it aligns with you. Um, and, and I would say, you know, make that investment, make that investment. Mm. So tell us about the work that you're doing as a consultant. Uh, what are your coaching programs like? So I just started in August of uh, 2021, um, I guess, officially. <laughs> um, but um, I've been working closely with my current um, administrative administrators, um, and that's where you know I kind of get some of my testimonials, and um, I'm able to do the work. So, um, what coaching looks like for me is uh, just really sitting down and having a conversation about the leaders' goals. You know their goals for their schools, goals for their teachers, um, their goals, uh, you know, just overall, you know, we get into the nitty gritty um, as well, you know, uh, the trends that they're seeing, um, we look at their, their survey results from the students, from the teachers, from the community, um, and we talk about what changes need to be made immediately and how we can what steps we can take to make those changes. Um, so in working, you know, with uh, one of my current administrators, like I, I, I talk with him about, you know, ways to be able to connect with the teachers. Um, and, and that has been going very well. Uh, he, he does like a, a monthly, um, like a Friday, a one Friday out of every month where it, it's like he calls it insight meetings, um, and um, that has helped him to build a better 
felt build a better personal and working relationship with his teachers. And most of the teachers know that, you know, he's approachable, you know, the he's going to, you know, it, he's not going to brush it off. He's going to look into it to see how he can make the situation better, um, how he can help to improve it for his teachers. Um, and I've seen the difference that that has made with, um, with the morale, you know, just the teacher morale, you know, people are smiling more, they're speaking more, you know, they're walking with their heads up. They're not complaining. They're not saying, oh, is it Friday yet? You know, so um, my coaching sessions always start with um, an initial um, it starts with an initial uh, pre-consultation form just to get, get to know the leader a little more, find out, you know, a little bit more about their experiences, how long they've been in the leadership capacity and their goals. Um, and then we get together and we uh, map out a SMART goal or a strategic plan. Um, and then we also map out the steps that they would take in order to reach those goals. But then we... Progress monitor, you know, it's just like in the classroom, you know, when you know you have a goal to meet, you set that goal um, and, and you progress monitor every step of the way. So what were your hurdles or when you tried to launch your business? Because the, there's the thing of I'm going to do this. And there's another thing to like, okay, this thing is real. It's out there. It exists. I'm open for yeah. business, right? <laughs> what has happened or occurred uh, during this process? And how did you overcome them? Oh, man. Well, the first thing was working on my mindset. My mindset was can I even do this like are people going to work with me are they going to see this as something that's valuable are they going to pay for my services um it's one thing to go and apply for a job you know state your qualifications do the interview um, and then get hired and you're on a contract, it's a whole nother beast when you are in the driver's seat um, and you are interviewing potential clients and you get to say whether or not you will take the client on. So the mindset was the, that was the initial hurdle I encountered with, uh, you know, it, it's, it's very um, invigorating and exciting to start a new endeavor, but when it starts to really become reality, it's like, oh my gosh, um, this is real. Uh, can I do this? Uh, you know, I kind of started, you know, second guessing myself. And then I, I had to remind myself, you know, you are your biggest cheerleader. So I had to start counteracting that, uh, that mindset. Um, and that was one of the, one of the best things that I loved about that program was that we worked on mindset. 
Um, and I still currently work on my mindset just to stay in that, in that positive, um, uh, uh, just to keep pouring positivity into myself to keep pushing forward. Because when you're first starting out, that's one of the first things you encounter and business is slow. Well, of course it's going to be slow. You started this business, nobody knows about it. You've got to start putting it out there. So that was one of the next hurdles, talking about myself. It's, it's very challenging, again, uh, because you are, you know, when, you, when you're a teacher, people, oh, you're so wonderful, you're so great, oh my gosh, and they lavish you with praises, and you're like, oh, it's okay, thank you, you know, that, that humbleness. I don't know if I was ever told to be humble as an educator, but it's definitely there, you know, and I, I guess it's just subconscious. So that, that next hurdle was being able to talk about the things that I've done um, as, uh, a, a, as a teacher, uh, the things that I've done as a school leader, um, the things that I am currently doing and really realizing the impact that of all the things that I have experienced with, realizing the impact of the results that I've already been able to provide. You know, sometimes uh, we, we're looking for, um, we're looking for that big, that almost like a, a boom, if you will. I don't, I don't know how to better explain it, but you know, something that is just like, I don't know, like the fireworks and, and it, it doesn't happen, you know, or it hasn't happened for me at least because it's like, okay, yes, I've done that, but I got to do this. I've got to do this. It's almost like a never ending checklist. So sometimes the hurdles come in the form of, um, of, meeting the next milestone, meeting the next goal, and setting these, ex these high expectations on myself and constantly reaching and running to, to constantly running and racing to meet those expectations and not realizing I'm also in the field for myself. You know, so not um, celebrating you know, that's a hurdle, not celebrating the fact that, hey, that you, you started this consulting business. That is amazing. You know, hey, you, you've gotten testimonials. That is amazing. Oh, my gosh. You've got results. That is amazing. And, and all of that falls under that umbrella of that mind, that, that, that mindset work and the, the initial hurdles of, or they're not even just initial. Sometimes it can be an ongoing thing, especially when, you know, business might be slow because you're starting or because, you know, the season has died down a little bit. Um, some of the ways that I overcome those hurdles is, you know, my morning routines, honestly. I, I try to pray and do my devotional. Um, play my gospel music, doing things that kind of uplift me and, and uh, boost my mood because I can sometimes be really hard on myself. Um, 
So um, reading books that kind of pour into me as well. Um, those are some of the things that, some of the ways that I can overcome those hurdles. So before we go, having had this experience going through what you've gone through in terms of putting in the work, getting, going through a program, getting a coach for yourself, looking at what other people are doing on social media, taking all of that information in Mm -hmm. and seeing where you are today. For those educators who may have found my podcast for the first time Mm -hmm. and they come across your episode and they're wondering if they can do this. They're wondering if it had if they have what it takes to step outside of the classroom and to start an education-based business. What advice do you have for them? Some advice that I would give is to take stock and take take, take, take a moment and look around at what you're currently doing. Look at your strengths. Um, look at the things that you're really good at. First of all, if you're a teacher, you can run a business. I've learned that. Um, and I remind myself of that because when you think about your little customers in your classroom <laughs> <laughs> and their parents, you know, uh, you can, you can definitely run a business. You just need to find, number one, you've got to find a coach that can pour into you their knowledge, their experience, and their expertise. You've got to find a coach that is going to align with your learning style, number one, um, and a coach that's going to really support you. Um, when I think about my son runs track um, and, I, and I, I take him to track practice every Tuesday and Thursday. And when I'm just watching him out there with the kids, he's not just telling them what to do all the time. He gets out there with them. He does it with them. And sometimes to get the kids to run faster, he will run faster, you know? And it's almost like they're in like a competition, you know? Uh, I'm not saying you need to find a coach that's going to compete with you, um, but find a coach that's going to get sit down with you and really help you understand the ins and outs of building your business. Get with a coach that is going to take the time to do that with you, and that's going to explain all the ins and outs um, of, of running a business with you. Um, Make that investment, um, take that leap. And if you are doubting yourself again, look at all the things that you are able to do in one day. Actually, look at all the things that you're able to do in an hour, you know, in the classroom. There's so many, like we, we have to be able to multitask in order to make it through the day. And you can do it. You just have to be able to connect with the right coach, look for books that are going to support you as well. Um, 
I can't tell you. I've got probably about 25 books up just on my dresser alone um, of, of different, uh, different um, things that I'm looking to learn as an entrepreneur. Um, coaching books as well. You know, anything related to the services that you want to provide, you know, seek out that information. Pour into yourself the same way you tell your students the way getter is to to practicing. It's the same for us, you know. Um, If we can run a classroom, we can run schools. If you can run a district, you know, because I see, you know, your show is all about mobile university for entrepreneurs. Anybody in education, you guys can do it. It's just all about finding the right coach, pouring into yourself, and then the community. Oh, I cannot stress that community. When I um, I got an, an inquiry, I got an inquiry about my services um, for a potential client, and I got so excited. And I knew there were five people that I could call. There were five people that I could call, no more than that. And I knew exactly who to call in that moment to celebrate this. I mean, just to celebrate the small things, you know, um, it's so important that you have a, a supportive community or even if it's just one person, you know, because you're going to hit those moments where you're, you're not feeling like you can do it. You're going to hit those moments where you need some encouragement and you want to be able to have that supportive community. Lock out all the naysayers. You know, there are some people that you just can't talk to about this journey. And that's okay. It's okay that you might not be able to talk with this about your best friend, you know, but you've got to find this community that's going to support you in this endeavor. That's all right. That's all right, Alexis. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Dr. Will. Oh, you're welcome. Now, people, you know how I do this. This podcast episode is going to be an Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. I need you to subscribe and share with your network. And though I am on all major podcast platforms, I'm really trying to grow on Apple Podcasts, so I need you to listen. I need you to leave a rating and a review because I'm trying to be found. And I'm also trying to get Oprah on the show. So I want her to know that we're doing big things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Alexis K. Holman, for coming on and dropping so many gems. And I'd like to thank you again for checking out another episode of the Dr. Will Show, the mobile university for entrepreneurs. As always, people, invest in you, EDU, peace.